Welcome into ESPN's Ball and the Real World podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, joined today by a special guest, fresh off an appearance on ESPN's The Jump, Dyson Daniels. How you doing, man? I'm great. You know, glad to be here. So we were talking just before we started recording. Turned 19 just last week, got home just in time for your birthday, but the NBA draft is June 23. What does the next couple of months look like for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, for me, it's just, you know, preparing, working on things that I need to work on, you know, for the draft. And, you know, I've got feedback, you know, from coaches, you know, agents, stuff like that um, on what I need to work on. So for me, it's, you know, living in the weight room, you know, putting on some size and then, you know, just getting heaps of reps up, you know, on my shot. You know, I um, think, you know, that's what, that's my swing skill that I need to have is, um, you know, my, my shot. So making sure that, you know, I got my mechanics right and then, you know, just getting reps up um, on that. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to be putting in, you know, the work, you know, conditioning, ball handling and stuff like that. So... It's, you know, a bit of everything, but, you know, I have two main skills that I'm focusing on, you know, leading up to the draft. What are you weighing in at now? Uh, right now, I'm 200 pounds, so, like, I think just above 90 kilos. And do you, uh, do you have a, a goal that you want? I mean, obviously, it takes time, but do you yeah. have a goal you want to get to? I mean, 210 pounds, you know, by the draft, you know, I want to get to, but, you know, in the end run, you know, 220 would be good, 225 around that, around that mark. We're going to get to a bunch of the stuff that you went through with the G League team, but while we're on that, so when you talk about putting on weight and talking to a lot of draft prospects that come through, it's the same situation for them. How do you go about it? Obviously, it's weight room, but what have you learned dietary, eating, all those types of things? Exactly. You know, it's not just about living in the weight room. It's about what you eat. Um, And for me, you know, it's about mum. You know, I'm communicating with mum all the time, you know, when I'm coming home to, you know, have meals ready for me, and she's been good with that, so... Um, you know, just making sure she got meals, you know, pastas, you know, protein, all that sort of stuff, you know, after gym sessions and, you know, playing basketball, you know, I sweat a lot, so I'm losing a lot of weight as well. So you got to make sure I'm getting my fluids in. And yeah, I think, you know, the main part of it is eating as, um, as well as living in the weight room. So, so you come home and then your mum's picked up a, a, a job as, as a yeah. full-time chef, basically. I've told her she has to be onto this. You know, <laughs> if I, I want to get to my, my goal of the NBA, you know, she got to be onto this. So. Um, no, she's been, she been good and she's been cooking meals for me, so you know, she's been really helpful. So you, you are going to be spending time back home in Bendigo, but the, obviously the NBL season is still rolling here. I'm sure you'll be catching some of that, but is there any plans to try and link up with one of the teams there and get some scrimmages in or practices or those types of things? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm home for about a month, so you know, I'll be doing a lot of individual training, but you know, I think you know, I'm going to try maybe Melbourne United, um, you know, get some work in with them you know, mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, just, you know, stay in, stay in shape, you know, um, keep, you know, the physicality and, you know, keep the mind on the five-on-five game because, you know, it's a long time between now and the draft of not playing a game. So, you know, being able to join in a training session or two, you know, be good for me just to, um, you know, just stay in shape. And, but for me, it's, you know, working on things that I need to work on leading up to the draft. Going back to the decision to go to the G League and you spoke about this with Gazy and Copes on the jump and you described it as a risk, which feels right. And this G League Ignite setup is only in its second season. It's brand new. We've seen the success guys have had with the next stars. And then obviously right now, the tournament's going on. Yeah. So as you're trying to work through that decision, why ultimately did you trust that the G League was the right path? Yeah, so for me growing up, I think, you know, college was the main option. I think, you know, that was the main option for most people growing up. They want to go to college. They want to play D1 school. And that was probably the main option up, up until like, maybe seven, 17 years old and once the NBL and uh, G League came into play, you know, I thought to myself, like, this is what I want to do if I want to get to the NBA, you know, this is um, going to be the best path for me and, you know, leaving my home country, you know, I, I didn't really want to do that but you know, I think during the G League Ignite, you know, playing with the NBA rules, the 48 minutes, you know, the NBA length court, NBA length three-point line, NBA ball, everything about it's the NBA and, um, you know, being in America, there's obviously, 
you know, that's where the NBA is. There's a lot more scouts, um, you know, teams there. And I think, you know, there's a lot of eyes on the, the G League Ignite. Um, and for me, you know, the risk was, you know, taking it because, you know, there's going to be players brought in as well that, try, that have the same goals as you. Um, you know, had, we had six, you know, young guys that, you know, all trying to achieve their NBA dreams. So, you know, mixing that together can be hard. But I think, you know, us as a group, we did that really well. Um, you know, everyone wanted each other to succeed and that's why it worked so well. And, you know, towards the end, you know, we started playing as a team and everyone knew their role and, you know, it worked out really well. You mentioned some of the young guys and in some respects, I think it's overblown a little bit because it is similar to some of the top colleges where you've got a bunch of guys that are battling for yeah. those spots in the drafts as well. But with Jaden Hardy, Marjan Bochamp, you guys are really at the top of the top of the list when it comes to mock drafts. Did you guys, obviously you, you work together, but did you talk about it and, and perhaps some of the challenges you were going through or some of the pressures you were feeling? We did, you know, um, you know at the start of the season, you know, we sat down, you know, we had a talk with each other like, you know, we're going to have to sacrifice something for each other to succeed and... You know, for me, I think it was my scoring that I sacrificed. Um, you know, I was the point guard, you know, I was able to, you know, get more assists and more rebounds and push in transition and, you know, get looks for my teammate. And I think, you know, one of my strengths has been a facilitator and, you know, I think, you know, playing with guys that, you can, that can score the ball, you know, being able to get them the ball in the right positions was, was something that, um, you know, really helped me out um, and, you know, really projected me high in these mock drafts. And um, I think, you know, for, like just sitting down and talking to each other really helped us because, you know, we knew what we had to do to win. We knew what we had to do to succeed as an individual as well as teams. So, um, you know, it's very important to communicate with your teammates and be on the same page. So your dad, Ricky, went to NC State. So you understand or certainly the family understands what the college system can do and what you can benefit from that. And education is a part of that. How did you guys together discuss through what was going to happen and was there any part of him that said maybe you should go play yeah, NC State? It definitely was you know mum and dad um you know obviously I had an offer from NC State so yeah. dad, dad you know was always looking at that as an option but you know they wanted the best for me and obviously you know it's hard to, for a parent to you know take the son out of school and that <laughs> education and stuff like that so there's a lot of talking you know saying mum I want to go I want to go pro I want to go pro um and you know it took, took her a while to get um you know overcome that and you know let me go pro and you know, looking back on it now, you know, it was the right decision. It's worked out. So, you know, she's grateful. And, um, I mean, there's always education that I can go back and get. And um, this opportunity at G-League Night only comes once. So I think, you know, taking this was the right decision. So one thing that was interesting to me, and I, I, I don't know a lot about it, but the professional pathway program. So the G-League understands that there is going to be young players coming in that aren't getting that college education. So what did they put in place for you guys to be able to have some sort of education about really life skills and what's to come for you guys? Yeah, so we actually had, uh, we were enrolled in Arizona State University. So we um, took two Zoom classes a week. Um, they were mainly on like real estate, nutrition, um, and basically the money, like, you know, how to deal with our money and stuff like that. So, you know, we still learned, you know, we, um, we the, last, the last week we were thinking that we had a class every day, you know, they came into in person with us and we sat down, did some activities on, you know, just life skills and um, just stuff that we'd learn, you know, in college. So I think, you know, having that, you know, next to us and able to learn off that was really good. And, um, yeah, like I said, you know, it was just great being able to, you know, be a part of en enrolled in Arizona State University and have the basketball side of it, but then also the, a little bit of the college side. You know, not as much as you would have in right. college, but, you know, there was it was still there for us to, you know, learn. So what did you, like, what is the takeaway that you took from being able to go to that? Yeah, so for me, I, I really invested in real estate. Um, so I think, you know, I, I sat down with, um, you know, a few of the Arizona State teachers and, you know, we just talked about real estate, you know, options um, and then, you know, how to save money, you know, like the portions you want to save, you know, spend, you know, um, invest, you know, um, just all that sort of stuff. And for me, it was really beneficial because, you know, um, 
you know, I want to be smart with my money and I also, you know, want to, you know, invest and make more money. So um, just being able to sit down with them and, you know, talk through some strategies and stuff like that was helpful. So in terms of the on-court stuff with the G League, I guess the other benefit of this, you spoke about some of the rules and the 48-minute game and all those types of things, but you're also playing against pros exactly. and a bunch of guys that have played in the NBA before. So perhaps from the start of the season to how you felt and, and watching you, it certainly, I mean, you always look pretty comfortable, but towards the back end of the season, you look like you were totally fine with the level. Uh, what benefit did you get from that and how did you find the process? It was, it was great, you know, you're playing against players who are on two-way contracts, so, you know, they're trying to play yeah. well to, you know, get into their team and, um, you know, for me, you know, the, the competition at the start was, like, I, I, I was really shocked by, mm -hmm. you know, the first three games, I, I think my first four games, you know, I was really poor, turning the ball over, stuff like that, and I knew from that I had to, there were certain things I had to work on to be able to play at this level and, you know, the, thankfully for me, the coach trusted me, he put the ball in my hands and, um, you know, from probably the 10th the game of the season, you know, the last 20, I just felt really comfortable in my role and I knew what I had to do to have the team succeed. But, you know, going up against pros, you know, people who played in the NBA, you know, it was huge for me and it was a great learning experience. And as well as, you know, the pros on my team, you know, um, I had Pooh Jetta, who's, uh, you know, who has spent a little bit of time in the NBA, as well as Kevin Murphy um, and Amir Johnson, you know, they were very helpful, you know, communicated with us, taught us, you know, they pushed us in practice and, you know, they ran drills, um, you know, that like for us to, you know, be individually um, better. So, you know, they were really helpful. And um, yeah, like I said, just going up against pros every day is you're going to get better. So the big question, and like I said, you're 19 for me, and I've spoken to coaches at the Global Academy, you obviously were there as well, about how young guys in this era, where everything is on social media, and you guys are on social media, how you stay away from whether it's criticism yeah. or whether it's you hit a game-winning three earlier in the season mm. and everyone's putting the highlights up, tagging you and everything. Yeah. How have you dealt with that? I think it's, it's a very hard thing, you know, being at a young age and in that day, the social media world, just like everyone's on it. Um, you know, you see everything. And for me, it's just not responding. You know, I see criticism, you know, um, if I respond to that, you know, it's just going to add fuel to the fire, you know, because a lot of the time, you know, you can see it, but, you know, they don't know you've seen it. So... Um, you know, the people putting it out, you know, they're, they're going to stop putting it out if, you, if, you know, um, if you're not replying. But for me, um, it's just, you know, putting the phone down, putting the work in and um, just getting better and, you know, not listening to the outside world because everyone's going to have their opinion, whether it's bad or not. Um, you just got to be able to block it out and, you know, continue to put in the work. You mentioned your offensive development and basically for almost everyone, it feels like that's coming into the NBA or coming into this, this period that you are. The outside shot is what they talk about. But the defensive side of the ball is so fascinating to me because this isn't always something that guys have yeah. at your age. Where did this come from and why did you have so much pride on the defensive side of the ball? That's a good question. Um, I, I really don't know where it came from, but I, like since a young age, you know, I've always just had defensive instincts. You know, um, and then growing through the process you know, of getting older and you know, playing against pros and stuff like that, Defense, you know, is going to keep you on the court. Um, you know, the best defender is always going to be on the court guarding the best player. And I think for me, you know, just knowing that, you know, I can be the best defender on the team and be able to take the, you know, opportunity to guard the best player, um, you know, that's going to keep me on the court. Whether whether I'm having a bad offense, if not, I always know my defense is going to be on. So um, I think that's my main way in helping a team win is my defense. And you know, I think I, I was born with great defensive instincts. You know, I've got quick feet, quick hands. You know, I've got you know, a big body that, you know, um, is able to guard multiple positions. So, you know, I've been blessed with, um, you know, the physical features, but then, you know, it's, it's a difference is also a lot about effort. You know, you put in the effort, you know, um, 
you chase hard off screens, you know, you be physical. Um, and I think, yeah, it'll, it'll come naturally. But Well, for me, it's come naturally. But, um, yeah, like I said, the, I was blessed with the physical skills. And from there, it was just hard work. And coaches love versatile defenders these days. So it's, exactly. you're a smart man. You mentioned, and I said this to you, I, I straight away called for a pen when you were on the desk in the jump. And you mentioned Alex Caruso as a player that you look at and someone that you want to guide yourself on. And we've seen what he's been able to do with the Bulls and really with Lonzo Ball, change what they're able to do on the perimeter defensively. But I've, I haven't heard someone say that Alex Caruso is a guy that they look to or, or try to emulate. So what is it about him? And I, I know you've just kind of spoke to it, but it, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, Alex Caruso is one of the best defenders in the league, no doubt. Um, you know, just the way he moves his feet, you know, his instincts, you know, I think he's one of the leadings in steals per game this year in the NBA. And... I think, you know, for him playing on that Lakers team, that was what kept him on the floor. Um, and then, you know, going to the Bulls, you know, he's, he's the best defender on that team. And you know, I think his offensive game is coming along, you can see. And, but um, for him, it's just, you know, effort. Um, you know, I think I, I watch highlights of him all the time, you know, just put in the effort, you know, chase down steals, chase down blocks, um, stuff like that. And I think, you know, for me, being able to model my game after him, you know, put my defense first and then offense will come. Um, I think, you know, he's been really beneficial just being able to watch highlights of him and, you know, how far he's come. So some of the other G League stuff that's unique and really interesting, the team was based in Walnut Creek. Can you describe to people yeah. what Walnut Creek is like? Yeah, it's, it's like Bendigo. <laughs> if you know Bendigo, it's <laughs> yes. like Bendigo. But, uh, it's a very quiet town. Um, you know, I, I was in my room a lot of the time of the day. <laughs> there wasn't much to do there. But yeah. um, it's about an hour just outside of San Francisco, so... But uh, for me, you know, I, I like to, you know, just chill out, you know, mm. after trainings. Um, if I'm not put into work, then I just like to chill in my room. So it was, it was, it was a good um, environment for me and it felt like home a little bit, which was good. Um, but, you know, it's a very quiet, quiet space. And, you know, for, for me, I, I enjoyed living there. And then you play your home games in Vegas. So it's a bit of a contrast. But uh, video games? What are, you, what are you doing when, you, when you're chilling? I'm a video gamer, man. I play, you know, Apex, you know, Fortnite, NBA 2K. So... You'll catch me on the video games. That's where you'll catch me. All right. Well, the, the fans of whatever team you go to will be, will be trying to uh, link up yeah. with games you did there. Uh, the All-Star experience is, is another part of this that was maybe not expected at the start of the season, but it developed as it went on. Uh, we saw what you did on the court, but for me, uh, and I've been fortunate enough to be to a few All-Star games, it's like you can't look anywhere without this NBA superstar, without this celebrity, without this NBA legend. Yeah. For you, I don't know if it was the first time you've been, but being in that environment, was there any moments or anything that you were just like, okay, this is, this is pretty crazy? Uh, it was the first time I've been, and just, you know, the first day, you know, the Rising Stars game, being in the locker room with, you know, these NBA right. stars, like <laughs> the Rising Stars, you know, I was in a locker room with, like, Anthony Edwards, Tari's Halliburton. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys, you know, who I looked up to, you know, um, my whole junior career, you know, watching them play through high school, in college and stuff like that so just to be know that I was in a room with them about to go out and compete with them was you know was, was surreal and um, you know for me looking back on it now just you know the opportunity that I got given there was was amazing and um, you know I'm just grateful you know I was able to p participate in that weekend and as well as you know watching the all-star game and the being down on the court for skills challenge you know I was able to you know say what's up to you yeah. and stuff like that so it, it was very cool and um, yeah, just a, a wonderful experience. That's what I was going to ask. Did you mix it up with any of the guys? Did you pick anyone's mind? Do you leave them to themselves? I, I, I caught up with Paddy, Paddy Mills. Yep. Um, yep. So I, was, I spoke to him for a bit. That was the first time I've ever, ever actually met Paddy. So you know, he's a great guy, an Australian legend. Um, so it was good to you know, catch up with him. But you know, I was with Giddy you know, all weekend. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I'm going to better go through a similar process that he, he went through. So I was able to pick his brain a little bit. But for me, it was just you know being in the moment, you know watching those. The, they brought all the you know the 75th anniversary mm -hmm. participants down on the floor and in the building with Jordan. In the building with Jordan, you know, um, being able to share the weekend with Dad was um, amazing. So um, for me, you know, I wouldn't give that back for anything. A couple to wrap it up on the NBA. So you mentioned you're an OKC fan, which again, I think I'm a youngish guy. But when I hear you say that when you grew up, when you were a kid, you were an OKC fan, and you're talking about the Serge Barker and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook era, what was it about that team? It was an exciting team to watch. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think you know, just you know, seeing what Sam Presti's done with OKC, um, you know, the players he's drafted, and for me growing up being, I watch, you know, like you said, Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, those guys. You know, there wasn't any other team I wanted to go for because that, that was just so exciting to watch. And I, I used to watch every one of their games, and you know, now they got Giddy on the team as well. You know, they're, they're still great to watch. So, um, you know, being, growing up an OKC fan was, um, you know. I think it was a no-brainer for me, but now, you know, going to the wards of the NBA a little bit, I've kind of, you know, yeah, away from right. going for a team, but, um, you know, just growing up at OKC fan was wonderful. They might be in around your range, and there are some people starting to already getting excited. I, I think Kevin O'Connor mentioned that the, you might play alongside Giddy, and I think Australian fans would be going off. Have you even joked about that with Josh? I mean, I look at it, and, you know, it's always a, um, there's always, you know, the potential for it to happen, but... I mean, you know, I, I like to, you know, look at what team's going to suit me best and um, which team I'm going to fit in with best. And whether that's OKC, you know, that'll be great. Or whether it's another team, that'll be great as well. So I haven't looked into it too much, but, you know, I have seen it as, you know, they are around my range. So, you know, if, if I go there, you know, I'll be happy. Last one, NBA, who you got? This year, man, the Celtics are looking really good, but... I think Brooklyn, you know, Kyrie that's, being able to play. That would, games okay, that's, that's a crazy yeah. pick. From, yeah. from the, maybe the eighth seed. From the eight, they could be the tenth yeah. seed and they'll still, they'll still win it. But they're just too good. They've got too many good players. And if they get Ben Simmons on the floor, you know, it'll be a no-brainer for me. But I really like Brooklyn. I, I think it'll be someone from the east. Let, let's say that. All right. Paddy Mills, we would take that if he wins another title as well. Uh, Dyson, we really appreciate it coming on the jump and also doing this with us. I know you only just got home, so to spend some time with us, we appreciate it. No, no worries. Appreciate it. It was great being here.